All right, hire the women, children, and protect your kneecaps because the Detroit Lions are coming to town. I'll talk about that game and give you a little bit of spice to think about in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining us here on Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. I want to let you know that all of these podcasts are absolutely free on any platform, and they're on every platform wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow along on the YouTube page as well. Um, Detroit's coming to town. I know y'all want to still have a little barbecue and a little celebration about the big game uh, this past weekend against the Baltimore Ravens, but we got to move on. We got to move on and hope, hope the team continues to build on that game. And what made the game so significant is it showed that they could beat a really, really good team. It showed that they didn't quit. It showed that they can, uh, that they can line up, they can line it up and go with anybody. It showed that your quarterback is the real deal in a tough environment in a tough situation where they had ample opportunities to give up and they did not do it as a team, but now they have to do something else. What has to happen now is that we talked about having things transfer from practice to games. And now we have to have success transfer from week to week. Um, and one of the ways that you can prove that you're able to do that is winning against a good team is fine but you have to be able to beat bad teams and you also have to beat teams that are really just like the Jaguars, like better than their record suggests. You have to beat teams that play well, but don't win a lot and teams that think they're good and they aren't good in the win column. And one of those teams is coming in here and that's the Detroit lions. I jokingly said hide your kneecaps because you remember Dan Campbell said that they want to fight, scratch and claw. They want to eat people's kneecaps and all of that kind of stuff. They actually do play that way. <laughs> I'm gonna give them credit. They're a hard-nosed group, brother. They don't they don't quit. They go hard. They go at you. They they come at you with all of these different run sets and formations. They play a power game. They're really good when they get close to the red zone because they have running backs that can score. Say what you want to say about Jared Goff. Um, he he's embodying a little bit of toughness and kind of. I don't think he's the future for the team. And we'll discuss that a little bit later. But what he does is he, he he's sort of gravitated towards the, the mantra. And you can tell he understands the assignment. And he's playing that way. So they are a, a fine-tuned bunch. I know a few of the assistant coaches on the team. Obviously, a couple of them have uh, connections here to Jacksonville. And then I connected with uh, the linebackers coach, uh, Kelvin Shepard, a little bit at the Senior Bowl and had a nice conversation with him. But Mark Brunel, obviously, and Todd Wash. I know Mark from playing here, not only from playing here, but when he coached here. And we'd always talk and chat about kids and recruiting. But I really uh, know Todd Wash, too, from uh, my interaction with him when he was the defense coordinator here. So while there's a lot of similarities between these teams, they're probably more similar in a, in a way of where they are in terms of their franchise, right? 
they, you know, the I said that they, they almost have a parallel personality when it comes to uh, being better than their record indicates. Both teams are that way. They play hard. They play physical. Uh, young coach, uh, well, young coach with Dan Campbell. I don't know how young Doug Peterson is, but been around, but he's new here to Jacksonville. So uh, teams that are searching for an identity, and I think they found it a little bit. Now they have to figure out how they're going to win with that identity every single week. Also, they picked one and two last year in the draft. So from a team building perspective, and that's really what I'm hanging on, they're, they're in similar situations. Both of them will probably get their number one receiver, the best of them anyway, next year when Calvin Ridley joins Jacksonville and when Jamison Williams is completely healthy and is at his and he's at his absolute best. The difference is the Jaguars have already started their process with the quarterback. They, they have Trevor. He's really proven to everyone that he is uh, everything that people thought he would be the last few weeks. And I think he's trying to build on that, but the lions haven't hit on that part yet. Right. So even though Jared Goff's been solid, they, they haven't, they don't have their franchise guy. They're too good though, to be in a position where Jacksonville was, where they were picking real high in the draft, like the Lions were last year too. Unfortunately, there were no quarterbacks in the draft last year. So they both took edge rushers. We're going to do a little compare and contrast with those edge rushers um, in segment two. And it's really a chance for us to take these two teams and we're going to do this in segment three. We're going to kind of, we're, we're explaining it now, but we're going to set them side by side a little bit in segment three and compare it absolutely where they are. But to set the table um, for the difference, the, the slight difference in, in their progression as it, as it uh, pertains to team building, the Lions are going to have to find their quarterback because they are too good to pick high uh, and not bad enough to pick really high. You know what I'm saying? In the draft. So they're going to have to do what Philly did and find like a Jalen Hurts. That's what's going to have to happen because unless they get into Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes or trade for Aaron Rodgers or something like that, and I doubt if Green Bay does that, then they'll get into the process. If they do that, if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, they're going to gut their whole team because if you do that, look what Denver had to give up, right? All of those draft picks and all of that stuff to Seattle, and it didn't pan out for them with Russell Wilson. So they're in a situation, I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to either enter the Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes moving forward or they're going to have to find them a Jalen Hurts. And they're going to have to draft the guy in the middle of the road in the first round or the second round and hope that he can develop into what Jalen Hurts is. He'd be perfect, by the way, with, with the attitude that the Lions have. He'd be absolutely perfect for that team. But in any event, that's the difference in uh, the Lions and the Jaguars right now with where they are from a personnel standpoint. I do think they have way more similarities, though, than that difference. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about uh, the teams as a whole in segment three, but this coming segment, the next segment, we're going to go back to the draft and the Jaguars had the first pick. They had a chance to take Aiden Hutchinson. They didn't, they passed and they took a guy who had a lot of traits. Statistically, statistically, this is about where I thought it would be because it's the same thing that it was in college, but I'll be honest and I'll be transparent it is a little bit better for Aiden Hutchinson than I thought it would be uh, with him coming to the National Football League. I ain't going to lie to y'all because you got y'all got receipts. Y'all heard what I said uh, in the pre-draft, uh, in the build-up before the draft. So we'll discuss all of that 
in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars in segment two. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcast. That's Block Forever. Let me tell you what Block Forever is, man, because one thing I really, really love is when you get former players who have a really good uh, way of telling stories and are very articulate and can really kind of take you behind the veil a little bit about what, what their life was like in the NFL. And Block Forever is a brand-new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Now, imagine you hearing Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football or Juju Smith giving his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league catch the full block forever series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere now audible get in the game and we're glad you're getting in the game here with us glad you're getting here the game with us here on locked on jaguars i'm tony wiggins your host of the daily locked on jaguars podcast on the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day we once again thank you for making us your first listen all right, let's go backwards a little bit to the draft where there was this huge discussion about who was going to go first. Was it going to be an offensive lineman? Was it going to be an edge rusher? Was it going to be Kayvon Thibodeau? Was it going to be Aiden Hutchinson? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes Trayvon Walker, right? He starts getting hot and heated. I get a lot of intel saying that the Jaguars were probably going to move in that direction. I also heard this, and I don't know how true it is, but I did hear that if the Jaguars had taken Aiden Hutchinson, that Detroit was going to take Trayvon Walker and use him at their big end position. That's not the position Aiden plays for um, Detroit. He plays more of the nine wide position. The reason why I'm telling you this is because in this defense that Todd Wash actually ran here in Jacksonville, Aiden Hutchinson is playing more of the role that like Yannick Ngakwe played, not the one Calais Campbell played, at least from what I've seen. But he does switch around. They do move him around a little bit. So there's a big question. And one of the things that folks were, were questioning was, how could you not take the guy that was the most productive? Why would you take a guy who is who 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 has potential as opposed to production. Now it comes down to scheme. So the scheme that the Jaguars are running is very similar to the one that they ran in Tampa where the ends stand up. I think they felt that in space, Trayvon Walker would be better than Aiden Hutchinson, and I agree. I did think that Aiden Hutchinson might have a little bit of an edge statistically, which he does. I thought his early part of his career might be a little bit better than Trayvon Walker's because Trayvon was learning a new position and had not played that position uh, primarily in college. That has That is exactly what has happened. But I also think that Aiden Hutchinson is still better than I thought he was going to be. And the reason why is because I watched tape last year and I watched tape against the big opponents and the great the great opponents that he had, the guys that are going to play on Sunday, and he didn't do as well. He did most of his work against dudes that probably wasn't going to play on Sunday. So when you see them side by side against each other, even though you know they never line up against each other, when I saw Michigan and Georgia, I saw a guy in Trayvon Walker 
especially against Alabama, whoever, that was the freakiest guy on his defense. And that defense was chock full of NFL guys. And they're still chock full of NFL guys right now because they're by far the best team in the country in college football. And I'm thinking like, that doesn't happen by accident. So I'm satisfied with the fact that the Jaguars have a big, physical, solid, freaky guy on their team. Folks look at stats. Coaches don't look at stats. Coaches look at pressure. Coaches look at impact. There's a difference between us, people in the media, and fans, or people that actually do this for a living, where there are tangible things that are going on that are, that are not going to show up on the stat sheet. The thing is, Aiden Hutchinson does those things too. So we have to give him absolute credit. Let me run some stats by you real quick, even though I just said I don't be getting down with stats like that. But I will run some stats down with you because – it's all relative because all of those intangible things that we talk about that Trayvon does, Aiden Hutchinson does them too. So now that's why you can look at the statistics and say, all right, so what you got? Um, as far as the rookie of the year, I think Sauce Gardner is going to get rookie of the year or Tyreek Woolen is going to get rookie of the year. But with a strong finish, either one of these guys could turn out to be someone who gets rookie of the year. In terms of tackles, in terms of total tackles, Trayvon Walker has an edge. He has 37 uh, tackles to Aiden Hutchinson's 31. He has 19 assists to Aiden Hutchinson's 30, uh, 11. So that's 42 total for Aiden Hutchinson, and that's 56 for Trayvon Walker. Now, there are a lot of factors that could go into that. Uh, the fact that he's standing up, he, doesn't, he, he may not have – he drops in the coverage, so he may get tackles down the field. I think he does a real good job of running plays down Trayvon Walker too. So that gives him a little bit of an edge in that category. In sacks, Aiden Hutchinson – has doubled uh, Trayvon's output there. Trayvon has two and a half sacks. Aiden Hutchinson has five and a half. I'd be interested to see how many penalties they've caused or how many holes they've had. And I, I know both of them were not as high on the list in terms of pressures either. They, they had some other people, some other rookies I saw on the list that were higher on pressures. Trayvon Walker got an interception early in the year in a game where he also got a sack. Aiden Hutchinson did that same thing. So, Aiden Hutchinson actually has two interceptions. Now, this is a really, really impressive uh, stat for him, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Because most of the time he doesn't drop in coverage. He's, he's coming forward. He's in a 4-3 defense where he's a designated pass rusher, and he's either running down the line, chasing down runs, or dealing with the tight ends or dealing with uh, one of the tackles at the point of attack or chasing the quarterback. For him to have two interceptions playing in a 4-3, tells me that he is extremely active, that he doesn't quit on plays, that when the ball is in the air, he finds the ball. And for him to have two, Trayvon has one, and it was a brilliant interception. He picked off a, a like a screen or a quick slant. I think it was in Washington when he did it. And it was very, very impressive. This is also impressive for, for Aiden Hutchinson, I got to admit, because Trayvon actually does drop back in the coverage. And I think he drops back in coverage a little bit too much. and. I, I really like that. Aiden does too. Every now and then he does. But for the most part, Aiden Hutchinson is, is coming forward. So it's super, super impressive that he has done what he's done. He's played way better than I thought he would. I'm gonna be, I, he scared me to death, y'all. He scared me to death. And, you know, I, I just didn't know what he was going to be. And then when I watched him, he looked like he was a little bit of a plotter. But, no, he's played extremely well. And you're going to get a side-by-side -side view of both of them. You're going to get Jaguar fans that, it's, it's going to be an opportunity if Aiden is, is built a certain way to come in here and say, y'all didn't want me, so I'm going to prove you wrong.
The only thing I can tell you is not necessarily apples to apples is I think Trayvon fits this defensive scheme better than Aiden would have. I just don't see him as the dude who stands up, but I could be wrong because I've been wrong about him before. But it's going to be fun to see that comparing and contrast where you get it side by side. And you'll probably get a little bit of Trayvon too saying, okay, let me show you why they did what they did. And I can tell you this, and this is definitively the truth. When when uh, Josh Allen at one point was like top three in pressures in the first three or four weeks and Trayvon Walker was getting his sacks and, and getting pressure, teams really started to – and plus with Arden Key and Dewan Smoot coming in and, and doing a great job, teams really, really started to get the ball out quicker. Three-step drop, go. Quick RPO, go. Teams weren't holding the ball, taking these seven-step drops. And it's also interesting if you have to look at the quarterbacks, who's played the most mobile quarterbacks when you start comparing these stats. Aiden has been better than I thought he would have been. Um, but Trayvon Walker has been, you know, they, there's people on Twitter that always say stuff like he has to be the quietest first-round pick ever. Well, people are just going to ignore Jacksonville. Folks were saying that Trevor Lawrence was wasting his talent here too until this week. When you do the things that he does – against a really good team, national people will take notice. So if the Jaguars start winning, you'll stop hearing a lot of that talk uh, coming from people that don't give one rat's you-know-what about Jacksonville in the first place. All right, man, y'all stick in here. We're going to get to segment three. We're going to talk about where both of these teams are after we have already laid out the fact that they're similar with one small difference. We'll do all of that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, I have run three small businesses in my 30 years, my illustrious 30-year career, and I tell you, at first, there was nothing like this. Lately, this has been a tool that is a godsend because it absolutely puts you right in the bullseye, in the zone for people that think like you, that are prospective employers. So you need folks to share your vision and share your understanding of what you're trying to do. You need to add your job and the purple hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And trust me, they will come. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Now, here's what I want you to do. They help you find LinkedIn jobs, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to apply pressure here on Locked on Jaguars because that's what we do every single day we thank you for making us your first listen because it's your team every day here on locked on jaguars now here's what we want to uh focus on now what are the similarities between these teams and how does it affect this game this week both teams uh they're aggressive in their in their play calling the run with the run for Detroit and generally with the past, the quick passing games, a lot of screens, a lot of slants, a lot of quick outs, 
the Jaguars really like to get their, 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 the ball into their wide receiver's hands quickly and allow those guys to shake and bake and do some things. Um, Detroit traded a tight end. They traded TJ Hawkinson away, uh, who was a first-round pick a few years back. They probably realized they weren't going to pay him or try to pay him, and he was a top-ten pick. The Jaguar fans wanted TJ Hawkinson bad, and I was all against that. I was against uh, Kyle Pitts, too. I just don't think you use the top 10 pick on a tight end, even though the Jaguars themselves have had trouble finding a tight end. It seems like the entire history. So maybe they ought to try to get creative and figure out a way to use the tight end. I give the Jaguars an edge at the quarterback position, obviously, long and short term, like for one game and for a lifetime, because that's just where they are with Trevor Lawrence. I just think Doug Peterson is going to outcoach Dan Campbell. And I just think Doug Peterson's going to outcoach Todd Wash or wh- whoever's calling the plays over there. That's just what I believe. I believe the fans are going to be fired up. I think this team is going to be able to carry over all of that goodwill from their last game against the Ravens and go out here and really, really make a difference against Detroit. It's very important that they do that because they can actually make a run. We explained that they're three games behind the Tennessee Titans who lead the division. I don't think a wild card is going to come out of our division unless it is the Titans. Um, and for that to happen, the Jaguars played the Titans twice, and they got to beat them both. Y'all got bit by a mosquito right on your ankle, and you can't scratch it because you're doing a show. And you see me struggling. I'm trying to bend down here. Yeah, whatever. But listen, the thing is, is very similar situations, kind of similar in terms of how the teams are constructed and how the teams are built, even looking at the fact that both of them took an edge rusher with the one and two picks last year. Good corner, good young corner, Tyson Campbell for us, uh, uh, Jeffrey Okuda for Detroit. That St. Brown kid, I get him and his brother mixed up. One of them is a equipment of St. Brown. And I, 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 you know, I ain't even going to try to start pronouncing his names, but um, I got a buddy that his, all of him, his brothers and all of their kids the the end of their name is yes it's like i o u s it's just like these these guys and uh every time i see him i call him something different and uh i'll if if he if he walked in and i had the cell phone i'll call him cell phoneous you know i just do stuff like that because and he laughs at it because i just get confused and i don't know it it's a criminus and whatever y'all get it here's the thing that kid can play whatever you want to call him he can play He's out of USC. I wanted him here in Jacksonville in the draft two years ago. They didn't do it. And uh, he can really, really play. They're going to have to watch him because he's also – he's scrappy, man. He reminds me of a, a, a golden tape, but better. Kind of reminds me of Doug Baldwin a little bit because he plays with this toughness. So they're going to have their hands full with him because the Jaguars have really struggled in the shallow middle of the field especially when it comes to those linebackers and the safeties guarding those wide receivers. So they're going to have to really, really keep their eye on him. I just think Detroit goes into the game with the aim to punk people. And I don't think the Jaguars are the kind of team that lets you punk them. In fact, the Jaguars are actually really good. If you want to line up and just test their manhood, you ain't got, you saw it against Baltimore. They're really, really good at that. And I think for that reason, the Jaguars, are going to win. Now, I'm not going to give you a score. We're going to wait to do that when I talk to my man, Matt Derry, uh, from uh, Locked on Lions. Me and Matt kind of got this gray and black beard thing going, too. So when y'all see it, if, you, if you're not looking on YouTube, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But 
uh matt is awesome and and hopefully uh when we do that you guys will enjoy that on thursday i'll give a score on thursday predictions on thursday but i'm just trying to get you in the mood to understand that this is a slugfest and both teams want to win this game because they're trying to build something for their futures it's very very important for the jacksonville jaguars to come out here and beat a team that is not as good as baltimore but thinks they are good we got to try to make sure that they understand not today not in this house not on our watch it's not going to happen and the jaguars need to win this game to make sure that they take that next step and try to start putting stuff together for the end of the year make sure you check out the locked on sports today i'm actually on there today with my man peter bukowski is local experts whenever there's big stories around the nfl get it and put it all together it is a fabulous show 30 minutes less than 30 minutes you can find that wherever you get your podcast here on odyssey as well as on youtube make sure you check it out like and subscribe as well we're gonna see y'all tomorrow man we want y'all to take care of each other until next time the Locked On Jaguars podcast tomorrow. I want to discuss something tomorrow. I really, really want to talk about Trevor Lawrence a little bit deeper than we did and what this truly means. He's getting a lot of love and a lot of credit. So we're going to talk T-Law tomorrow. I want to try to find a comp for Trevor. I've never, I've never been able to do it. I'm going to see when he gave us that magic moment the other day if I can find a comparison to him that will uh light your eyes up so there you go man uh that's the show today we're going to talk to you guys tomorrow take care of each other and we'll see you next time here on locked on jaguars